0: Welcome to the one-player podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 318.
1: Et two Alberto?
0: <laughs> et me. Yes, et me.
1: I, I don't think you speak good Latin.
0: No, I, I don't. That's actually French. Yeah, I think French, they also use the word et for and. So it works. But it's
1: supposed to be in Latin.
0: Well, yeah, but you know where the French got it from?
1: The Romans. I don't believe you. So it
0: works. I mean, how did I know what language you're speaking in? I don't know. I don't speak
1: French or Roman. I don't speak either of them. I just know the play. (laughs)
0: There we go. So today we are talking about a Roman game, not a French game, aren't we?
1: No French here. At least I don't think it's French. But there's no, a lot it's, of it's, Latin in it.
0: There is. Yeah. This, this This is a this is a game we've talked about before. This is a
1: back to the table.
0: It is where we pull out a game we haven't played in ages because we're always trying to play the newest game for the show or at least newest to us. And once in a while we say let's let's revisit a game. And this week we're revisiting PAX.
1: And this is one that Albert had picked for us. I'm going to blame him. Yeah, <laughs> that was that bad experience
0: for Julius, I guess.
1: Well, we'll talk about it in a second. Okay, PAX by Bernd
0: Eisenstein. And I think he publishes his own games. As, uh, the publisher is Iron Games, and he's done multiple games with them. And I think all or most are solo playable, but this is the only one I've
1: ever played. So, Albert, why don't you give us a brief overview of the game, please?
0: Sure. Okay, so PAX is a it's a game set in Nation Rome. We won't worry about the theme too much. The mechanic huh. is, it's a it's a drafting game, basically. You're drafting cards into your tableau, trying to make the best combination of cards to get the most points. In solo game, you're really just trying to, to compete against Rome and get the best tableaus and control the most of them. It is It is, I think, very reminiscent of Seven Wonders in a way, except for the drafting is different. Well, okay. <laughs> what? How is it reminiscent of Seven Wonders? Seven Wonders came out in 2010, right? Sure. And it was a, a drafting game where, you, where everybody has a hand of cards. You pick one card and you pass them to the left, right? Sure. It's like, oh, wow, drafting is so much fun. The The following Essen, this game was available, and it was a drafting game. So, so in my mind, I immediately jumped to Seven Wonders. And it is a drafting game like Seven Wonders, yes, but it does work differently. There is no passing cards around left and right
1: which I think is one of the main parts of seven wonders is the idea that you're passing cards to the left. So you have a very direct influence on the (laughs) card. The next person has.
0: And there is, there's a little bit of that in here. It's not quite as immediate, but it all, the other main thing about seven wonders is that you're building tableaus of different types of cards and, and and each type of card works a little differently. And this has that same part of the game too. Okay. Right. There's like seven suits in the game. And each suit either gives you more points or gives you some benefit of one kind or another, depending on the suit. So there, that was my summary of the game.
1: I think it's a great summary. Shall we go ahead and talk about the components?
0: Yeah, uh, it's a card game, so you can have just a bunch of cards, really.
1: It absolutely is. No Uh, tokens here, nothing along those lines at all.
0: Now, it's worth mentioning, Julius and I both have the, I think, the original version of the game. It was reprinted in 2020, though I believe... The only difference is the box cover.
1: To me, I think with that art, the new art, it looks like a lot of, you know, like cave versus cave or any of the other two player things. It makes it look extremely head to head, like you're in a direct battle just based on the cover style. And you don't really get that in the course of the game.
0: No, not in the solo game and, and not in the multiplayer game either. I mean, there is some competition, but it, it's very indirect. Like with similar to Seven Wonders, you know, you're building your tableau, your opponents are building your tableau. You're kind of watching what everybody's doing and, and trying to make sure you're staying ahead. Right. That's the only yeah. real competition. And and that's true in both solo and multiplayer.
1: Yeah. So that head to head look style of the box just is sort of a miss.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But like I said, I think that's the only difference. There is a there is a new rule book. I kind of read through the English rules a little bit. I didn't notice anything at all different about it, but I wasn't doing a side-by-side comparison or anything. Maybe it's like formatting or something if there's differences. Maybe a little bit of grammar cleanup or something, potentially.
1: Mm. You no.
0: Know, same basic game. Same art inside.
1: All right. Um, what do you think about the card design? Because I think we normally discuss that under components.
0: Yeah, it's adequate. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. It's functional. It's it's not super attractive, but it's not unattractive either. It's, it's adequate for what it is.
1: I, I actually think it's a really nice card design. There's the different suits. All of them are very bright and vibrant with the different colors. It's easy to recognize what they are. Each individual card has a clear set of icons for what it is that they do, how it is, the, the special power of the different suits. The coin values of the different ones are easily seen down at the bottom. It's easy to hold them out and and determine the cost of all of them when you're laying them out. So I think the cards are designed well. I think the layout looks nice. I think the art looks nice. So I actually think it's a pretty good one.
0: I, I do find it a little bit annoying when you're playing, you have three columns of cards that you could buy from or draft from, whatever, and you're buying it from there. And, and when you have them laid out there, it's hard to set it up so you can see both the cost and the symbols. How many symbols you have on it? Now you kind of got to stagger them or something. Because one's on the bottom, the other one's on the side at the top. So that that is a little bit difficult. But at least in the solo game, the stacks tend to stay very small. So it's not really an issue for very long. It's easy enough to remember what it is or move one card out of the way to check. Rarely is there two or three cards in a stack. At least that's what I have found. I think in the multiplayer game it might be a little bit of an issue, but it's been ages since I played that one with more than two people, really.
1: I don't think I've ever played that one.
0: Okay, it works well with multiple players. It works well. I find it any player count that I tried to with.
1: But we'll get back to that. All right. So no other components. I think we've discussed just about everything there. How about the rules, Albert?
0: They, they, they're short.
1: Quite. (laughs)
0: yeah, they're, they're not very clear sometimes, though, I find. But they but they are functional. You could read them and, you know, it's not too hard to figure it out, but sometimes things are a little bit confusing. I feel like maybe the translation isn't necessarily the best. It's not terrible by any stretch at all, but I, I kind of feel like sometimes it feels like maybe something's left out here and there.
1: Yeah. I think it also, the for commenting on how the graphic design of the cards are, I think the graphic design of the rules themselves suffers in comparison. There's not anything clear to tell you like, this is a turn order. This is how things go through. It's, it seems like there's just bold portions across different areas of the rules. And yeah, you, you just have to scan by those for topics. There's nothing that gives you sort of the flow as you're going through it, which makes it hard to sort of absorb and understand everything as you're going through it, especially when you're using it as a reference. You just have to find the thing you're looking for.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I remember the last time I had trouble with this. This time I didn't because because I remember the last time. The In the solo game, you play multiple games. In each game, you're trying to do a little bit better. And I hadn't realized you're supposed to play multiple times. I thought it was you kind of choose your difficulty level. And nowhere in the rule does it explicitly say, You're gonna play multiple rounds, each one being subsequently harder. (laughs) So so that wasn't obvious to me. So like I wish it had been more explicit in some places like
1: that one. I hear that.
0: But it's fine, you know. Like I said, it's it's not a complicated game, so it doesn't really cause trouble or anything like that. That's it's easy enough to deal with. So I would say that is the rules, they're fine. They're small. <laughs> that is one thing. It's a small game with a small rule book, and it, it comes in many languages. I don't know, maybe six or so. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah,
1: all sort of packed together. Yeah. And so, like, the English rules are in the middle of the book. I really think that if they had taken more time with the rules, they might have been able, like, more like more pages. <laughs> I mean, the issue when you're trying to print in multiple languages is that you have less pages to use. Yeah. But more pages would have helped. Yep. So.
0: like yeah i kind of wish the text was just a little bit bigger and you know it is what it is it's again it's fine but it it's not the best and i think this is because it's a small independent publisher right that that's just the sort of things that are going to happen with a small independent publisher they don't have the same economy of scale to to make really awesome things you know it's true actually it's pretty good for somebody doing it on their own i guess which is what i'm assuming it is i don't actually know that he's on his own he might have a a mega corporation of hundreds, <laughs> for all I know. All right, so let's talk about the gameplay. Let's describe the gameplay. Um, it's been a while, but I already said it's a drafting game. There's seven suits in the game. As Julia said, each suits a different color. In the game, you're going to have three columns laid out on the table. In each column, you're going to place one card face up. The cards have not only they're different suits, but they have different costs and give you different. They'll they'll give you a symbol, and you're trying to get symbols to win the game. Whoever has the most symbols will win that suit. When you're playing solo, you're trying to beat Rome, who's going to get cards at random, basically. Um, So you want to have more symbols in each suit than Rome. So the cards all have either one or two symbols. Two symbols tend to be more expensive than one, though there's, there's a range of prices anyway.
1: They're always more expensive than one.
0: They are, but I mean... Well, no, there's sometimes where there's a card with one symbol that costs three coins and a card with two symbols that cost three coins. Oh, okay. I've seen a couple of that. So it's not always more expensive. But generally speaking, one symbol is going to be on the cheaper end of the scale and two on the higher end of the scale. Um, but so, so the three cards are out. Now, if you're playing solo or even if you're playing multiplayer, you're going to draw a card and you're going to choose, do I take this card into my hand? Do I play it onto one of those three stacks? Or do I tuck it under the bottom of the deck to see it again later on? Then you'll do that a second time, make a choice again, making a different choice in the last time, and then do it a third time, and whichever of those three choices you didn't already pick, now you have to do that one with this card. So as you're playing, you're drawing the card and saying, oh, I kind of really want this here, and you're kind of hoping that the next card isn't really, like, like you don't want to put a really expensive card out in your hand and then find out there's a really expensive card that you wanted even more to come up next. Right, (laughs) because that's a tough choice there. And once you've done that with the three cards, you can now buy from one of the, you buy one of the columns, paying the total cost of gold of all the cards in that column. So you have to buy the entire column. So there's two cards, and one costs three and one costs one, you have to spend four, or you cannot buy that column. You buy the column into your hand, then you could play cards into your tableau. You could always play the first card for free. If you want to play a second card, it's going to cost you a gold. If you want to play a third card, it's gonna cost you two gold for the third one. So now you spent three gold. If you're gonna play a fourth card, now you gotta play another three gold.
1: And that resets each turn. So each turn, it's one card for free.
0: One card for free. Yep. Once you have played the cards, you're gonna look at the the column the stacks that you just played into on your tableau. And whichever one has the most cards, you're gonna get that much gold. So if you already had three yellow cards and you just one night say yellow. If you had three uh blue cards, and you just played a fourth one onto the stack, you're going to get four gold back for doing that. You only collect for one stack. So even if you play into three stacks, you're only going to collect your biggest
1: stack. So you probably don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, no, not necessarily. Maybe at the end, but, you know, that that's one of those choices you got to figure out as you're playing along. Once you have done that, you will go back to the, the three columns that you had bought from. Whichever has the most value in cards by adding up all the coins across all the cards in that column that goes to Rome. Once that is done, you have finished the round. refill the em- columns that are empty in the middle. And again, do some drafting and try and make choices. The whole game is going to play like that until the deck runs out. You're going to play your last round and then you're going to compare your columns against Rome's columns and see who has the most in it's called influence in each of the columns. So whoever has the most symbols, if, You have to have more than Rome to win it. If it's a tie, Rome wins. When you play the solo game, the first time you win, you have to have three columns. If you do that, you won. Congratulations. Play again. The second time you play, you need to now control four columns. If you win, congratulations. Play again. And then I think it's five columns. And and there's a couple of little tweaks that happen to the rules. Like you start getting some extra cards. What's going on is the more you're playing, you're, you're learning what cards are available because I forgot to mention it or I just didn't bother to mention it at the beginning. You're going to pull 30 cards out of the game and not use them and you don't know what's missing in each game. So one game, it might be that there's not a whole lot of red. Next game, there might not be a whole lot of yellow. Um, and, you wanna, and you need to control them. So as you're playing these multiple games, you're kind of learning, oh, there's only a total of five red symbols. So I need to make sure and control three of them at least if I want to win the red. And... And as you're playing your, your whole campaign, I think it's probably like five or six games. I don't know exactly. I've not never completed a campaign. <laughs> you're going to start knowing what to win and what you, know, what you need and what you could ignore. And that, that's how the game goes. That's basically the game. I think I pretty much described the did, whole thing.
1: Did you mention about the fact that you also get a bonus ability based on the card you play?
0: I didn't really go into those
1: abilities at all. But
0: yeah, some of the suits give you bonus abilities. They all give you some kind of bonus ability, actually. Yeah. And they're all different. Some of the abilities don't really matter upset in the multiplayer game, right? Cuz like the the legions and the navies are used for the scoring in the multiplayer game In the solo game, you don't really care about the score.
1: Well, I mean other than the fact that I know you may need them to be able to win on that one. I guess so. I never Cuz it's still a category that you may want to be stronger than the Roman. That's true. Does Rome also get the same benefit for having those cards though? Uh, I don't think Rome gets any benefit from the from the cards. Okay. Well, then I
0: stand corrected. Yeah, they all matter in the solo game.
1: I just don't think that they give you any any additional strength other than the fact that right. you know, fleet gives more strength to army and army gives more strength to fleet.
0: Yep, so you kind of want to have both in there to, to, to help each other out, if you can. And, and other cards have different benefits. Um, for example, there's a, a gold-colored card. If you have three influence in gold, then when you buy cards, they're one cheaper. If you have six influence, they're two cheaper. If you have nine influence, they're three cheaper. So so that saves you money, so if you get those. And and so on. I don't think we need to go into all the Probably abilities not. necessarily. But, the, but they're all they're all rather different.
1: there is one that I think stands out as being particularly different, the intrigue cards, the conspiratory cards. Mm-hmm. Because that one, when you play it, theoretically it gives you access to more fleets and more armies. But if you're playing one, you actually get no income that turn. And there's a bonus um, extra set of, of points by being the, the best conspirator. Um, but you know, if you want to be able to control that one when you're playing solo, like it's it's gonna cut in to the amount of income. And so those are the turns that I feel like that that's when you play a whole bunch because you're not going to get any points. You may mm. as well mm-hmm. not get points from a whole bunch of them. So,
0: so yeah. So if you can advance that one, two or three and one at one time so that the other round, you're getting money. That makes sense. Yeah. There is. It's also worth mentioning. There's an expansion for this game. Uh, it brings three more suits is what it has. Huh? And Again, they work differently. I think these are a little more powerful. One of them, for example, if you control four cards when you uh, for influence of that suit, when you draw cards, you're actually going to draw two cards into your hand. One to the table and one under the deck. So you draw four instead of three, and you get an extra card into your hand. So that's kind of neat. Oh, I don't remember what the other ones are offhand. There's another one that's also really nice. The Scouts. The, oh, they let you play two... For free, and then the third one is the one that costs one. So you could play a lot more cards if you control scouts. That's nice. So yeah, so they're, they're interesting. The, other than that, it's basically the same game when you play with the expansion. Um, the other difference, I guess, being that you now also need to control more ca- more suits at the end of the game to win because there's more suits in the game.
1: It's it's a more intense version than the multiplayer, I think, because you really feel the pressure that I didn't. I don't normally feel. I don't think I would feel that pressure if it weren't for the fact that you see what Rome is doing and know what you have to be working on. I,
0: I, I do like see, seeing play, playing against Rome. I do find the multiplayer game is probably a little more fun. But, you know, I don't think it's that different.
1: Well, why don't we move on to our you know summary thoughts in that case? Okay.
0: Let's do that.
1: I'll start. I I, have, I had issues with my replay of this one because, to me, I think maybe it's just having, I guess maybe in just comparison to some other cards, it seemed to me, and I brought this up a bit with the different powers and things, this is one of those that felt to me like the decision points were smaller. Because when you pull a card, like there's certain ones that I'm definitely wanting to get, like the ones that let you get things for cheaper. Why wouldn't I want to try and Mm. beat Rome on the ones that have a strong effect as opposed to, as you mentioned, you know, fleet and army, like they give you one or two more cards. Having to be able to do stuff for cheaper, like, why would I not want to do that? There's not a person who's going to deny it. There's not going to be any pushing to want to deny me these things. It just seemed to me like in Solo... Some of the suits were plainly better than other suits, which meant that those were the ones that I would obviously want to pick. The cards themselves, there was, it's not, perhaps it's just that I'm I'm wanting instead to play a multi-use card game. And this one didn't, the cards didn't have multi-uses. I would flip one over. I'd be like, yeah, I want that one. Or no, I don't want that one because I'm not, Strong in it, Rome is already stronger than me in it just let let Rome have some of the easier ones you know let Rome get all of the conspirators let them let them do the tougher ones and I'll get the ones with the better economy and the better building and things like that. it's not. You know, it's obviously not a terraforming Mars game where in terraforming Mars you have a tableau <laughs> and there's such a wealth of different aspects and cards and interactions between them. And this one works this way and all every, every card is unique and things like that. There's a couple there's seven suits and they're playing what they are. That being said, like it mm-hmm. it has a lower chill factor, I suppose, is the best way of saying it. It was. It's a much more chill of a game. It's easier to play through. The decision points are simpler. It's a lower complexity game that is perfectly adequate for the complexity level it's at. You, you mm-hmm. pull it out. There is a decision point to be made about which one it is that you want to do, but it doesn't feel like it's one that's going to last for me. And if it weren't for the heck that you picked it, I wouldn't have gone and pulled this one out again.
0: Uh, okay. The I find that I th- I think I agree with you, but the the thing about it is that it, you're playing multiple games, right? The first game it's pretty random. You have no idea what's in the deck because you've removed thirty cards out of the seventy five cards from the game, so about a third are missing, right? More than a third. Sure. Um. So it's pretty random. Yeah. You're going to go for the for all the good stuff. I I agree. I like going for the gold ones. But once you've played that first hand and you realize, oh, you know what? I pretty much got most of the gold and still only four cards, four influence. So there's not a whole lot of influence I'm ever going to get from gold. So now I got I really got to focus on other stuff. So the second time around, you now know, you know once I have three gold, I could forget about this one because that extra one card is not going to make any difference whatsoever in the game. It doesn't matter who has it. So as you're playing the multiple games, you start kind of learning what you need to do and avoid, and it's the choices start becoming obvious, but it's, I think that learning process of, of the campaign is interesting and figuring out what strategy works and what doesn't. It is, it is a, a light game that I think you're right about that for sure. And it plays really quick that the, the full solo one game in the campaign, it's probably 10 or 15 minutes, maybe
1: a single the game, game is of not. the campaign.
0: Yeah. Single game in the campaign, not the full campaign,
1: but not it's all quick.
0: five. And, and all five is still not too bad if you get that far.
1: I mean, all five is like, it's, I, I would imagine that all five would take like an hour and a half.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really time it. It felt like 10 minutes. Maybe it's a little more than 10, but it sure felt fast for one game. Um, But the, the choices, all, most of the choices in this game, I think are when, when you're doing the uh, drafting and you draw that card, and you got to decide, oh, am I want to? Do I want to keep this, or do I want to let Rome get it, or do I want to just save this for later? That that always feels like a little bit of a hard choice, especially the first card, because because you used to have two more, and and you hope you know you don't want to take one into your hand and find out. Like I had said earlier, the second card was a much better choice to take into your hand. So that always feels interesting, in a way irrelevant because you have no control of it. You know you're drawing random cards, but it but it's still interesting and a little bit tense to do, and I do enjoy that. I hear that. And even when you're playing the cards out to the tableau, into the different columns, deciding which column to play it in can be an interesting choice. It isn't, oh, well, I mean, it kind of, I guess, especially, the, again, the later games. You know, like, oh, I, I really want to get this other card so it benefits me to now play an expensive card in column three so, so I can buy column one next round because I, I don't want to buy it now for whatever reason. So, so you can manipulate what Rome gets. Rome always gets the most expensive column if there's a tie for the most expensive it takes the leftmost one. So there's a little bit of playing with that to, to manipulate things f- to your benefit when possible. And I like those choices. I mean, they're, they're not super deep. They're not hard, but they're, I always find them interesting.
1: I suppose maybe you're enjoying it more of the game because you have a higher skill level in the game. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, mean. when I'm playing multiple games of it, I guess maybe I'm not remembering as clearly about what was the time before. There's even still some discovery, I guess. Maybe I should just get better.
0: <laughs> there, there is definitely, even on the second and third game, I'm figuring out things that I didn't necessarily realize at first. And I don't I don't like, at the end of the game, analyze the whole thing and whatnot. But if the game ends and and I, with the, the gold ones, for example, I had four and Rome had two. Well, that's all the cards. Every card is out. So I know exactly what's available. I could look at my hand and what what's left over my hand that I never got time to play. And count up the total number of gold cards. So now I know, you know what the, what the target number is for that column. I could probably figure out all the columns, but that's that's less game and more work than I want out of this. So yeah, that was what I had to say. <laughs> I I it it's more fun and less work. So I don't I don't memorize everything from the get go and a little bit. Of, and then subsequent games, you also get to start with extra cards already inside. So at the very beginning, like. You draw three cards, choose one to keep in your hand, one to play the table immediately, and one to discard, and you begin the game like that.
1: By the way, as an aside, I, I don't have my copy of this anymore, or a any copy of it anymore. I oh. was playing a Beau Oh,
0: okay, yes. It's available online, isn't it?
1: It is available online. So I, I was playing that one.
0: Does that have the campaign option also, or, or no?
1: It plays regular.
0: Okay. And, um... And that has solo or multiplayer. I've never used that website. I know nothing about it. jour. what does that mean? Au jeu.
1: Jeu is game French for online game, I guess? Oh <laughs> okay. that could be. That works.
0: That's what it is now. We have decided. Does the rulebook I think the rule book mentions it
1: somewhere. It does. It's in the rule book.
0: Uh, yeah, no I still have my copy here and I have the expansion. like I said, I like the expansion. I haven't played with the expansion very much at all. And, you know, to, to be fair, this is not a game that comes out often at all. You know, it's back to the table because it hasn't been on the table in years. It's like, hey, let's feel like this game is you know worth owning. Let's talk about it again. Let's I, play it I again. I went
1: to go look up yeah. and see if there is a, if the expansion is available on Voyager, and it is not.
0: It is not, okay. I, I do like it. I think it, I, I like the cards in there because they, they all feel very powerful. But they're more expensive in the... I don't know about the gold cost. It might be more expensive in gold, but it's definitely more expensive in that you need four of the suit instead of three, four influence. Haven't tried it. All right, Julius, should we put a knife in this one?
1: I think Rome has betrayed us for the final time.
0: All right. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Goodbye.
1: Have a good night. Au revoir. Au revoir.
0: Au revoir. it's French, right? We
1: need to know how to say goodbye in Latin.
0: I, yeah, I don't know. Hmm.